You're listening to the Flame Central Podcast, your home for Liberty University Athletics. Today, we welcome one of the most decorated individuals in the game of softball. Yes, Dot Richardson joins the Flame Central Podcast for the first time ever. We'll discuss the Lady Flames season, what goes into scheduling the best of the best in the game, and some of the controversy around women's sports. From our studio at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, here's your host, Emily Austin, with Matt Warner and Rhett McGibbon. All right, we have an exciting interview with Dot Richardson to get to. I buckle up because she has (laughs) some um, moving, exciting points to get to. About a coach that has so much knowledge in so many different areas talking to dot you feel like you walk away having learned something every single time i feel like i have a doctorate right i didn't drink coffee this morning because i knew i was talking to her i'd be wide awake well let's get right to it you guys don't want to miss this conversation listen up we are so excited to now be joined by the softball legend dot richardson dot so happy to have you on the podcast just so you know we are um Still trying to figure out solid positions. So if you if you perform well enough, you know you can take Matt's. You can have Emily's role. job, right? Basically, yeah. Yeah. I love saying. it. I love the yeah. table. Everybody, it's a, it's a competition. Is yeah, what it is, really, yeah. And I it's love a- that we have a woman's presence on Woo! the show. Sure. This is our first, first. ever, really, yeah. woman guest. Yeah, so yeah, welcome. Thank you. It's it gets a little tiring being around all these guys all the time. All that testosterone. I don't yeah. know how you do it. I don't either. A lot of prayer. Yeah. The power of God prayer. is great. He is. Well, congratulations on the sweep over North Alabama uh, this weekend. We have so much to get to. Not only that series, but the entire season. I actually haven't seen or talked to you since all of this COVID stuff happened, and the season was canceled last year. So. Kind of give me um, an overview of the last year of your life and, and trying to navigate as a head coach through the COVID lifestyle. Well, I'm going to start by saying imagine, and everyone can imagine because it was a reality, right? We happened to be in a head coaches meeting and our SWA, Senior Women's Administrator, you know, Aaron Hagan, all of a sudden got a phone call and left the room and came back and said, season's over. Wow. And we're like, what? Like what? <laughs> yeah. Right? And like, no, season's over. And the first was we could play. We had a tournament and had two teams there. And we thought we could play since they were there till Monday. But no, season's over. Wow. And when we were told about the virus, you know, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. um, And so medically, I'm thinking for this to happen as abruptly, this virus must be like the plague. Like if you get it, you die. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like that. Right. And there was this huge scare with media, like just out to the public. But as I heard about it, I, I called my assistants and I said, meet me outside of the clubhouse and get all of the kids, get the team in the team room. So um, actually, it's the locker room. So when I met them, I just told them that season is over. And they're like, what? So I introduced, you know, uh, COVID-19 to the staff and then to the team. Wow. And the first response to the to the team was I was like, OK, you have to be safe. You know, you got to keep yourself healthy, safe. We don't know much about this virus, um, but virus is unseen enemy, right? You don't, you don't know how you're going to get it, whatever. So the biggest thing, there were tears that happened, but also there was concern, like shock was number one. Mm-hmm. And then the seniors are like, well, are, is this it? Is our career over? And I looked at him and I said, I know the NCAA is going to do the right thing. There's, there, 
maybe they'll give you another year. I don't know. But right now, be safe. So then what happened, like we were told all of the facilities closed and we not to come into the office. So I'm at home, right? My husband, Bob, my in-laws live on the first, you know, bottom floor in the terrace level. And the half of the basement wasn't done yet. So I'm like, I told my husband, well, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to become a contractor, <laughs> right? So I started getting bids and everything to do it. And as I was, I got this bid to paint it. I said, okay, that's ridiculous, that amount of money. I said, I'll do it. And the reason I'm going this far with this story is because I felt the Lord put on my heart at this moment, the end times, right? To do, do our players know the Lord, like know the Lord, what's going to happen when the rapture happens and if they're left behind, do they understand it? So God just chose me right at that moment. And hopefully many of us to say, where are our priorities in life? Mm-hmm. Because life we're born and then we're going to die, but there is a generation that will be raptured. So I mean, I dove in and I studied and I mean, it was awesome, you guys. I just grew even closer to the Lord. And as I'm diving into it, I'm ready when the kids are coming back. Now, what we did as a staff is we met constantly. We got approval from the NCAA to have virtual teaching, things like that, to stay connected to players. Because even more importantly, they, they lost. It was a loss right. of their season. And I tell you, we were in an awesome place. Yes, we started with one and 11 record playing top teams in the country, but then we were at the spot. We had won the last nine out of 11 games and we're heading right into the coolest part where we're just going to, we're just going to make it happen. It didn't happen. (laughs) So um, I had members saying, you know, in my prayers, Lord, if I could just have these freshmen one more year with the twins, the Bishop twins, I said, that'd be awesome. But I didn't ask for this, right? (laughs) Well, NCA gave all of the players another year. So that was great. And so the twins are back. Um, Amber got married, right? And so, you know, that's Amber Bishop Riley. So she marries Cody and she wants to come back. And then Autumn wants to come back. And so two of our four seniors came back. And, uh, you know, I just say when we started and brought everyone together, my priority was the Lord. And we started talking. I gave um, pretty much, you know, lectures and sermons about end times, which brought me to the very beginning, you guys. Because I didn't know where everyone was at, you know, in their relationship to the Lord. In the beginning was what, how do we know God exists? How do we know that the theory of evolution is, you know, it's debunked? You know, it's not true. It doesn't follow science at all. The Lord wants us to follow science um, because it brings us to the truth. Then the other is, how do we know the Bible is inerrant and, fa- and infallible in the inspired word of God? Like, I can cite the Bible, but what if the, they don't believe the Bible? right? How do we know Jesus who he says he is? I mean, you guys, it was unbelievable. And finally, in the third uh, month, I was able to get to the book of Revelation with John and talk about the rapture in time, tribulation, the false trinity. Um, I mean, just, it was like so awesome and talk about the new heaven, new earth. So that was a long answer to your question. That's but okay. How it's did- extremely moving. I'm just more, I don't know. Like, did you finish the basement? Uh, yes. And it is spectacular. <laughs> did you paint? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. In fact, I had to go three coats because oh, it's fresh drywall. Yeah. Um, but it was so cool. But it just, you know, when we work, are we including the Lord in what we do? And, and is, you know, or are we of the world? And we talked about Satanology, like who is Satan? Right. What about angelology? You know, what about the angels? Everything. You guys, it was so amazing. Satan's strategy in the first was to prevent the seed of the woman. Right. Genesis chapter three, 15, that would bruise his head. Right. 
um, the seed of the woman. He tried to prevent that. And so you look at everything. It was just unbelievable, eye-opening, bringing the Bible even more live to us. And then his next strategy is to prevent the Jewish people from, to to uh, eliminate the Jewish people. Why? Because Jesus said, you know, I'm like, the, I'm paraphrasing, in Matthew he says, I'm like the hen trying to gather her chicks, but they're not really recognizing me, right? So he said, you won't see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's his second coming. So I think Satan in his warped mind is thinking, well, if I eliminate all the Jews and guess what? Jesus won't come back. So Satan mm. is not God, right? God is always going to win. But this, this, um, the world temptations, the flesh, and Satan and his demons, the fallen angels, the third of them, right? They're trying to prevent us from our relationship with the Lord. Uh, so it was really heavy, but yet it was so enlightening that when you do what the Lord calls you to do, I mean, these kids, you guys, were the team, they were on the edge of their seats. They said, Coach, thank you for answering questions we always had. How old yeah. is the earth, right? Mm-hmm. All this stuff. And I was like, God, you are so amazing because it wasn't me, right? I was up till three, four in the morning, like every, you know, every night just getting ready. And uh, we need to be ready, you guys. And with the signs of the times, you know, the Bible prophesies Jesus and every one of them came true. And there's 1800 prophecies about the second coming and it is going to happen. And so we need to be sharing the word and bringing more to Christ because... Did they get like class credit? Like, know, it sounds like gonna, they should get like a bonus, like Bible credit. I was just going to say, I don't know if Liberty requires, I think it was, was Creation 101, I think was the class that I had to take when I was here, but it sounds like they could all clep it. Every, yeah, every, right. Case right. Now, so. Everyone listening yeah. could. No, that's awesome. You know, speaking of the Bishop twins, it's hard to believe that Senior Day is right around the oh corner. Oh my gosh. How emotional yeah. of a day is that going to be for you? F- five years have been here and just really building blocks of your program. What What's that day going to be like? And also, you know, Mass and Vine, Emily Sweat too. Like we, we don't know their status as media. Like they could be potentially going out too. That's four big pieces of your lineup. Yeah, it's going to be really tough. Um, Vi has let me know that she this is her senior year, wow. so she will be moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, she's trying to get into physical therapy school, and the same with Emily Sweat. So Sweat is like, I'm still not sure, Coach, but I'm leaning towards that, and I think she's waiting to see if she can get into PT school. Um, we know the twins, you know, their eligibility is up with this fifth year, but they're ready to move on. I think Amber just getting married and she's, you know, she sees that on her side. And I know that Autumn has an internship set up in um, North Carolina. Um, so it's going to be really tough. I'm not, um, you might not believe this, but I'm not an emotional person, right? Oh, but yeah. I am a competitor and have emotion in my life. But the sad emotion as a seven in the Enneagram, I try and see the glass totally flowing over, not even half full, just flowing over. So I I love the time that we've had together. It'll be sad to see them go, but I'm also so excited that I believe they are prepared and ready for the world yeah. just with their relationship with the Lord and everything. And so for me, kind of feels like a parent, right? Yeah. And you're like, you know, God has blessed me with this opportunity to coach them, for them to be a part of what Liberty Softball is and helping to put it on the map, right? And uh, so... It's going to be sad, but it's also going to be a sense of just excitement for them and what the future holds. I've heard you mention the Enneagram multiple times this season. When did you implement that into your coaching and how how impactful has that been? Well, I think that has to be the blame of Ian and Aaron Hagen because okay. <laughs> as the athletic department, we went over the Enneagram 
And I'll never forget, you know, my staff is sitting with me and we're, they're going over the Enneagram, right, about personalities. And there are nine basic personalities and you wing one way or the other to the one, number next to you and you float across. And it makes total sense. You think God, you know, with DNA and RNA and the genetic code and the letting us be aware, personality is also organized. It's designed. So there is a designer. So, right, it shows that there is a God. That's another example. There is God. But it has really helped me because in the Enneagram as a seven, you're a visionary. You know, you're like an enthusiast. Like you're like all in. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's totally wrong yeah. with you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and as they started saying each of them, they talked about the one. And I go, oh. and we both, Casey and I are like, That's Paige, Coach yeah. Cassidy, right? And then all of a sudden they get to the six, you know, Enneagram six. That's you, Casey. That's you. And then seven, they go, they're like, oh, Dot, that is you. And Which one is the loud and obnoxious one? Probably a seven. I'm a seven. Yeah. Well, it might be a little bit more detailed yeah. than that. Yeah. yeah. You could probably, yeah, yeah. But I tell We you, should do that in our meeting, our next meeting, Flames. You yeah. should. should. I have the Flames test. Central it takes you meeting. 10 takes you 10 minutes because then I, I feel like then you're able to Brett and I have been trying to figure you out for like yeah, two I know. years and so maybe that would finally well let finally me give an example you can work when you understand someone better I feel like you yes. can work with them more easily <laughs> in theory <laughs> well it's true though I mean it, it gives you a more almost uh, understanding you know um I want to say compassion, but it's like giving them a little more room and, you know, forgiveness, you oh, know, that's and grace. That's impossible to do in this office, but <laughs> oh, yeah, we can, we can try. But look at my marriage, you know, Bob's a five, right? And it's like five, they study everything. They take time to process it. So I would ask Bob, my husband, a question and he wouldn't answer it till two or three days later. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, now yeah. I know I ask him a question. I wait. I don't like, oh, come on. It's not that difficult. Yeah. What do you think? You know, um, but that's it's it's a and he goes to a, a seven when he's in a healthy place. Right. Mm. And uh, I go to a five when I'm in a healthy place, you know, be able to just relax and take life at a slow pace. That's me, and that's yeah. why I don't work okay. on Friday. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. my healthy place. Take me into your your thought process and your philosophy on scheduling in the non-conference because I love seeing how different coaches approach that and approach scheduling. You have not shied away at all from the toughest of competition. You played number one this year, number five, number seven, a bunch of top 25 teams. This Wednesday what, playing Yeah, Yeah, Virginia 14. Tech. Like, has that always been your mindset since you got here or do you feel like okay now we're ready and now you're going to challenge yourself with games like that what's your philosophy on that well this comes from my wing eight okay um i don't want to be thought of as a mid-major this program needs to be number one in the country because god is number one Mm. right and that's our mission is to glorify him with all that we say and do and what bigger platform can we do it than at the world series and winning it Imagine being interviewed on ESPN, and this is my dream after COVID, right? My dream is we win the World Series, and we're being interviewed, and then we're raptured on national TV, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. but, um, but that's, you know, our goal is to be the best that we can be. And in order to be your best, you have to be challenged by the best. Mm. And then you have to prove you're better. And we're at the point where we're starting to prove it. I mean, from, you know... Alabama, LSU, UCLA, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I can go on and on. Florida, uh, Tennessee. You know, we we haven't shied away. 
Arkansas this year we beat, highly ranked, um, stopping a 19-game winning streak. Uh, it took 10 innings, but we did it, right? And so Virginia Tech being as ranked as you said is our chance to be able to show really where we're at. Um, you know, so I believe that in order to be the best, we have to challenge ourselves to see where we need to be if we can't beat them. And if we do beat them to realize the game we have to play in order to sustain being the best. I've always said that, you know, you know, cream rises to the top. You've yeah. heard that cliche. But mine is we don't want to be cream. We want to be cool whip. Right. We want to stay at the top even when it gets heated. Mm. Okay. So I the, love cool whip. Yeah. Me too. Oh, but the thing is, remember, <laughs> when we get into our conference play, it's about winning the A Sun conference. It was the Big yeah. South before, but the A Sun conference to what? To face these teams. So I can promise you and all listeners that when we play whoever it is, you know, if we're blessed enough to win and be in postseason, that we're not going to be culture shocked or amazed. We've beaten Michigan. Yeah. We've meet we you know what I mean? Uh, we've lost to UCLA by one run for three years in a row, right? We lost with the number one pitchers pitching Oklahoma. We took her out of the game, they're number one and lost four five, right? The uh, Alabama, we, we lost, what was it? We're three, five going in the bottom six and lost three to six. Uh, LSU were in both games, um, you know, and then we beat Arkansas two to zero in 10 innings. So what I'm saying is the kids, they, they realize it's about the game. Yeah. It's not about the aura or the, uh, what do you want to say it in a positive way, a stigma of like, oh my gosh, we're playing such and such. Yeah. Right? They've been on the, on the big stage. They've been in those big environments. Yeah, because yeah. you, you guys have... I mean, you go to Oklahoma, like that's, they were number one at that point, right? Absolutely. So there should be nothing that, that should kind of shake these kids now because they've been there. You know what a big compliment is, you guys? We're playing everybody's number one. Yeah. They're throwing yeah. their number one. Mm. Mm. And Juarez threw the number one pitcher for Oklahoma. She started and we took her out. And we're, we're hitting home runs against Alabama, the top pitchers in the country, Fouts, um, you know, and the LSU. I mean, we're there scoring runs. It's not like... We did get cremated uh, with one Oklahoma game, um, but that was a game where we were just giving experience to younger you know, pitchers and stuff. But um, it's really tough when you play these competitions to play doubleheaders. Yeah. Mm. And I did not expect that this year, but with COVID, all these Power 5 schools, and not just Power 5, because we beat you know, Notre Dame and other right. Power 5s, um, Pittsburgh and all them, but really it's the top, it's not top 25 because it's top six, Right, they yeah. all wanted two games, and when you play back to back, it's very difficult because you're just mentally so into it. You know, it's hard to do that back to back, and they all wanted double headers. So mm. I didn't plan on that. <laughs> it's been interesting to hear that from uh, head coaches across all of athletics because Richie McKay has said the same thing about back to backs in men's basketball and how that that format was for conference play this year. So it's interesting to see the trends across all of the sports of the difficulties of back-to-backs well if you look at 2018 when we got to regionals and we beat South Carolina the first day the second day we beat uh South Carolina beat us and then we had to turn around and play them again yeah mm. and we lost two in a row if it was another day it could have been another day yeah. another another opportunity back-to-back you play double headers the winner of the first game has the odds in their favor that I have seen through the years I want to go away, go away from the softball diamond I want to know how you met your husband Oh my god! Yeah, I want to know how you met Bob, and uh -huh. he's like we've gotten to know him a little bit, and he's just he seems like a character, like hilarious guy. How he did how did you guys come to meet Bob Pinto? Let's say with one word how we met: um, softball. 
<laughs> that makes sense. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have never guessed. Well, I played for the Ray Bestis Breakettes out of Stratford, Connecticut, and Bob is from Stamford, Connecticut. And his dad brought him to watch the Breakettes play. And this is a, a crowd of 4,000, 5,000 people watching us play every weekend. And he tells me later that he goes, who is that loudmouth shortstop? <laughs> she like won't shut up, right? Um, that was me. And uh, I don't know. I guess it just captivated him. And uh, we met after one of our games. We went to an Italian restaurant and the team was in the back with pizza. And my right fielder, you know, Pat Defesi said, hey, there's this fan that wants to meet you in the front of the restaurant. And I thought it would be this older gentleman, right? So I go out there. And I look and my heart really like leapt, you know, like it stopped. (laughs) Right. It was like I saw this gorgeous, dark hair, Italian, black leather jacket. I knew he was going to be wearing a black leather jacket. (laughs) I had it in my head. It was like grease. Like I just felt like that was it. (laughs) And to me, he looked like Elvis. Like it was like, God, you know, he's gorgeous. But the Lord brought us together later. You know, that was God in 1988. And we didn't, you know, we lost track of, of each other at times when I was in medical school and after the 96 Olympics, you know, he called like everybody else. Um, but, you know, he was engaged and that broke off. Um, never knew that, you know, side of things. But he he was there and I said, I'm going to give this guy a hard time. Well, a hard time for me was like not saying, hey, fly and see me. I'm going to go see you across <laughs> country. And uh, he was still there. And so after the 2000 Olympics, we got married in 2001. I knew he was my man because I always wanted to get married at Disney World. And he proposed, and as I accepted, uh, he said, let's get married at Disney World. And I was like, God is so great, right? Brought me my man at the right time. That's That's awesome. awesome. Coach, so going back to your playing days, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on just women athletics as a whole and how much it's grown or still needs to grow. I don't know how much you paid attention to the women's basketball Controversy, I guess you say. Yeah. Yeah. The weight room, yeah, yeah. the weight room, and everything. Yes. Just how much has it grown since your playing days? And do you think it still has a long way to go? Well, to put it in perspective, as a young girl, I was denied the opportunity to play any organized sports because of being born a girl. So I'm starting at that level of I know one of the greatest frustrations in life, and that's to have been given gifts that you know are from the Lord, but yet no opportunity to express them. However, that was the thoughts of a child, too, because you don't know what the future holds. So I took that with me to fuel a lot, and that is to be grateful for the opportunities you get. And when I had the opportunity to play Little League, I would have had to disguise myself as a boy in order to play. And I knew that wasn't right because I think that God had a plan in my relationship with him was to trust him. 30 minutes later, the first fast pitch softball team I played for was the Union Park Jets, red, white, and blue, and the average age of that team was 22, and I was 10 years old. What? What? So I saw the, we always wore black kangaroo cleats, right? You guys are too young to even know that. I saw the first white cleats ever to be worn in our sport. I saw the last wooden bat ever to be used in our sport. I I was a part of the first uh, scholarship opportunities happened in my teenage years in 1976, you know, when scholarships were given to women. I was a part of the first NCAA, the transition from the AIAW, the Association of Intercollegiate Athletics for Women in college, to NCAA when men recognized women's sports. So at UCLA, we were a sport, a, a school of a few that had said, we're going to go with the NCAA. 
and the AIAW still existed at the time. There was like a hybrid going on in the country. We won the first NCAA championship beating Fresno State. Um, so UCLA has that, that, that. That's what I want to do here with Liberty is to get those players that want to be the, the front runners, right? To build a legacy, to start something huge, right? Uh, it's hard to be the first. Everyone wants to jump into, oh, I want to go to this school because they always go to the World Series or that school or this school, right? So we got to build that. But the other is the first Pan American Games, right? 1979, I was 17, a starter, the youngest on the starter, you know, for the United States team. I can go on, I'm going to forget some of them, but the first, the first, the first videotapes for instruction, you know, I did before medical school in the 80s. I mean, the um, the first Olympics, right? Um, the, the, it's, you know, it, for our sport, right? Um, so I saw what was happening in the evolution of women in sport, and it began with the day when I watched Billie Jean King being challenged by Bobby Riggs in tennis. And it was a big showcase, right? But it was about the battle of the sexes. And I am there as a young girl watching and saying, please, Billy Wynn, please, 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 <laughs> because then maybe I can play. Wow. Then Chris Everett came on the scene. And with Chris Everett, believe it or not, I was in 10th grade and I asked my parents to buy me a Chris Everett racket and I tried out for tennis for the first time. The impact of TV for women was in tennis when the tennis tour developed, right? So that's why I know the power of the media, right? The, 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 the empowerment of young girls. So that's why I developed a pro-am tour for softball. Why? To bring the pros to the amateurs so then they could look and see role models. They can see I can do it. I cannot tell you how many young girls have come to me and said, I'm a doctor today because you inspired me wow. to remove all doubt and fear and to go for it, right? That's impactful, right? I want to play as an Olympian. Why? Because I saw the first Olympic softball team in 1996. I mean, it's just huge. Now, when you talk about equality, I have been, um, you know, a part of the Women's Sports Foundation and through the years and to look and say, are you kidding me that you don't recognize how the inequality is? Right. In regards to here, you got these baseball stadiums and then you have these small little rec, you know, softball fields for the women. Right. But look at where we at, where we're at and put it in perspective too. the stadiums that are around for women's softball, the TV. Do you know the viewership for NCAA softball is now you got football's number one, men's basketball, women's basketball, then softball. Wow. Right. I mean. You know, I remember when I was recruited here to coach, the comment was that was a big talk amongst the athletic directors, how the viewership for softball is so huge and TV is hungry for even more. Look what's happening, you know, with the, the video networks, you name it, you know, softball's being covered. So it, when I heard about the basketball, the NCAA, it was actually um, really, I'd say ridiculous to not have it um, more, you know, equal. But the question is why? And that's the question, right? And so if the why makes sense, um, I haven't heard if the why makes sense yet. You know, if the women said we don't lift during, you know, the competition, I don't know. It doesn't sound that way when I heard the quotes from some of the coaches, right? Um, it's like, oh, there wasn't enough room, but it's like, okay, then then you split the usage, you know? So you think that they deserve this same, even though men, and this is not my personal view, sure. I'm just saying mm -hmm. from what we've seen across Twitter, 
you think that the women deserve this same space if that's what's needed, even though they don't bring in as much money as the men's side? Yes, I think the problem is that when we think about money, right, money, you have to realize that if you, if, if money is the driving force, which is why we get blamed as women, female athletes, mm-hmm. for wrestling being dropped or men's gymnastics, it's really the choice of athletic directors where they want to put their funding, right? They want to put it into football. They want to put it into revenue sports. But all of us are united. At, we all represent a school, Liberty yeah. University, whatever the school is, yeah. right? Even students that don't play athletics, so with athletics, you know, I think that it's bigger than being a farm system for the pros. I think it's about getting an education and I'm naive in that, right? I think it's about getting a great education, being a part of something that is bigger than yourself. But sports has gotten to a huge other level. I believe in order to set things straight and make it easier with Title IX is in sports is that football is separate. And with the caveat, if we ever have female football, right, that nourishes itself throughout the country then we can start looking at that but I think football kind of brings everything to a whole um, inequality side because women don't have a sport with that many male you know female athletes Mm -hmm. playing it unless you know of one (laughs) I do not right I mean I don't you know and so really good point so when you look at the scholarship numbers you know football is its own I think animal you know it's you look at basketball, men's and women's, track men's and women's, you know, baseball, softball, you know, you're, you know, soccer, men's and women's, yeah. gymnastics, all of them are pretty equal mm-hmm. with the, the, um, the squad. Uh, baseball, you guys, I'm on the other side, look at baseball. How in the world do they not have more scholarships? Right? Football. I mean, yeah. you know, Football. no, but yeah, but really, if you look at baseball, it's not like softball. You know, we can have, you know, 15, 20, you know, 24 players, but baseball what's their squad like 30 some guys Uh, yeah yeah and they have less scholarships I think we have 12 full and they have 11.75 or something so they're you know let's talk about let's be smart as well Mm -hmm. so in other words I'm not a part of women's basketball you know I'm not a part of it but whatever the needs are let's be smart and make it equitable like what are the needs you know, maybe the women don't need this huge, what I saw, maybe they don't need it that big. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But the question is, what are their needs and were they asked about it? And did they have an input in it? Exactly. That's it. Right. Mm-hmm. We're going through something now just about, you know, making up one of our games that with COVID, you know, it's like, okay, if we don't play that game, those three games, like, is that going to be fair for other teams in our seating? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Mm. Last question for me. You talk about everyone working together, right? All at Liberty University, you know, one big team. How have you seen the softball program impacted by the success of so many other teams? We say it all the time. This is like the golden era of Liberty Athletics. So many teams uh, performing at such a high level. The timing's weird because it's been since I got here. Uh huh. You know. Yeah, and somehow since I've started working here, every sport at Liberty has been reaching historic levels. It's all about it. That's because you're a seven. That is not wing eight. A coincidence is is a seven just super self absorbed? Because then yes, that would be no. That's usually okay. Okay, there you go. Well, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk later. Uh, How have you seen your program impacted by the success of so many others? Well, I'm going to put it out there. You know, you guys, um, for us to get to another conference football and basketball need to succeed. Mm. 
That's what I say. You know, you can have a passion for something, but you have to have a business sense too and yeah. be like upfront about it. I was promised in phase two an indoor facility, right? So once when I came here, indoor, indoor facility is not built yet. I know it will at the right timing because right now football going FBS, you got to get yeah. what football needs. You know, I am all for it, but basketball needs another arena. They have to succeed um, because I want to be in a power five. That's the only thing we don't have. Mm-hmm. Right. And in order to be in a power five, you got to have the facilities. You got to win. Yep. Right. And we're going to do all we can in the ACC, every team we play from Notre Dame to Duke to UNC, Virginia, Virginia Tech, you name it, all of them, beating Syracuse, you name it. They're all like, you need to be in the ACC, right? So will we get there where football rolls? We may follow. I don't know. But maybe we'll be like a Notre Dame and football remains independent and the rest of us can get in there. I don't know. But God's got a plan and we're living it. And to see it, it is very humbling. It's humbling. Hopefully, um, God can communicate that plan to Ian McCaw here. Oh, Ian knows it. He's a godly man. He knows it. I am trying to, in my interactions, you know, with my supervisor and to get to Ian and with Ian is about, you know, just reach for it. Just go for it. Because the only thing that can happen is no. But if you're strategic about it, you know, I even said, hey, listen, just tell him you're not going to take any TV money until we're in the top four you know, football programs in the conference. <laughs> you're, wheel, you're wheeling and dealing. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> because it's about money when you yeah. think about it. But anyway. so Anyway, well, Dot, thank you so much for joining us. You are welcome back anytime you want on the Flame Central podcast. We'll replace you with one of these guys. It was <laughs> such a joy talking with you. And, and thank you again for, for coming in during your season. Thank you so much. It's been a great time, you guys. All I, right. You do an awesome job. Good Go luck Flames. the rest of the year. Thank you. Go Flames. All right, so after we taped that interview, Dot stayed in the the studio with us for an extra like 20, 30 minutes. I swear, I could just listen to her talk <laughs> forever. Very knowledgeable and uh, passionate. Easy to talk to. Though. Right. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm talking to a doctor. Or I'm talking to a softball legend. It's just you're talking to a friend. That's right. what it feels like. She really has so many interesting points, and, and le- you can learn so much from her. I don't know who would go on a visit, a recruiting visit, and right. not choose liberty to to be coached by her yeah she's pretty impressive and 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 obviously her softball credentials speak for themselves as well and what a great job she's done here at liberty since she's been here the program continues to play at a really high level getting a lot of top 25 votes this year she's been fantastic for this university all right that conversation went a little bit longer than we expected but it was worth it um some of the other athletics going around this around going on this weekend with the flames baseball team matt yeah, baseball played really well, swept Lipscomb. Uh, they're playing some good ball. Really, this week, think about this. Liberty Baseball plays hosts Virginia Tech on Tuesday. Softball goes to Virginia Tech on Wednesday. I propose we win both those games. We replace them in the ACC. That I don't know if they're on <laughs> wow, board with that like yet. It. But, uh, yeah, we'll see if, if Liberty's uh, success against the ACC can continue this week. And congrats to women's soccer. That was a big win over Lipscomb, yeah. knocking off the number one seat. That's right. That they're still big. alive and playing. So yeah. how about that? Good job by that crew. One thing I saw on the Liberty Flames Twitter was really cool this weekend about all the sports that won, and fi- or I'm sorry, that finished undefeated at home so far this year. Liberty football, Liberty men's basketball, Liberty women's basketball, Liberty swim and dive and Liberty Field Hockey. Yeah, baseball is unbeaten right now at home as well. That's crazy. Uh, I think it's 12-0 or 13-0 now at home. That wow. is insane. Yeah. yeah. 
So Come to the mountain. Again, <laughs> again, I just want to reiterate the success of Liberty Athletics has started, really, October of right. 2019. It's all about, all about Emily. Not going to mention enough. <laughs> yeah. That is so not true. All right, anything else you guys want to point out? And this all. week's no. Flame Central oh, is jam-packed with Dot. I do. One thing. Okay. Happy one day late birthday, Matt. It's your birthday week. Appreciate that. Yep. Appreciate Thank that. You. You're welcome. Rhett, Rhett texted me, fired off a text Sunday morning with lots of emojis. I he, did. He knew how, how much he knows. We know. We get each other. Yeah. You know. we, we both think birthdays are overrated, and he just, he, he just sarcastically just, included every emoji <laughs> in his phone. I would have dec- That's true. If it was a weekday, I would have decorated your door if it oh, makes you well, feel I'm any better. Yeah. And I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw Joe Yogg's um, tribute to you. That was touching. On, touching here, on his tribute. Facebook. That means that he's a true friend if, right. he's, if he's posting it on his Facebook wall. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys right back here next Monday.